Good morning and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Joe Foster. Today we're going to be talking about the Game 2 win, the Game 3 loss. Uh, we've got yet more injury news coming out of Columbus. And also uh, I want to talk about that one Seth Jones article. You know the one. Game 2 was great, um, frankly. Uh, I went into it not expecting that, considering... Um, Considering the, like, seven periods of hockey that they played two days earlier, uh, but they bounced back, they got the win uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, I think the main one is um, our secondary scoring has finally turned up, which, uh, what a concept. When you've got guys like Ryan Murray scoring, like, your your night just gets immediately easier. Oliver Bjorkstrand got his second goal, which is great. Um, I do want to take credit for that because, as we all know, I talked about how nice it would be for him to just get that one goal against Tampa and then more would come. Uh, And he has, since I said that, he has two goals in three games. And I think, personally, he's been one of our better better forwards. Uh, I think he's looked really good. Um, So that's great. The other thing that we're doing well is the penalty kill. Um, I don't believe we've allowed a power play goal uh, in the series so far, which, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, We're not taking a ton of penalties. uh, And the ones that we are taking, we tend to draw, like, an equal amount. So I'm not too... I'm not too... um, I'm not too worried about that. I would like if... We could have more than one good power play a game, which I understand is like a foreign concept, but, you know, all things considered, um, I'm pretty happy with, with how game two went. And honestly, like, I'm pretty happy with how game three went as well, uh, minus the result, obviously. Um, I was talking to my friend about it a little bit and like, very, very early on in the game, I remember I said something like, I have a feeling that this is going to be the game where Vasilevsky just, like, stands on his head. Um, and I don't think he did that, but I also think that the Jackets played well, played their game, um, and the Bolts were just better, you know? Um... It's it happened. Like the the Bolts are a more skilled team than we are. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Uh, and I think that we played our best. And game three, it just wasn't good enough. The other thing uh, about these games is we are missing Cam Atkinson. Um, we're also missing Nathan Gerby and Elvis Muzikins are still out, but they're less of an issue right now. Um, I would love Elvis back, but the guy that we're missing right now is Cam Atkinson. Um, I thought he was really kind of starting to find, find his feet in the series. Uh, I don't know what happened in game one. Um, because obviously, you know, it's quote unquote unfit to play, which helps exactly no one. Um, especially considering um, there have been zero positive tests in the bubble since since they started, and the unfit to play was designed to be like, we're not going to tell you if this guy has COVID or not, um, but 
anyway, that's that's beside the point. Um, injury is something that has plagued the Jackets all season. Um, I don't love that it's happening again now. Uh, but it seems to be um, mostly minor things so far. Obviously, Ryan Murray missed a game. Uh, Dean Kukan missed a game. Uh, hopefully, we're getting Cam back today. That would be that would be the dream, anyway. Um, like I say, I'm not so worried about Nathan Gerby. Uh, although I do think when he comes back, he probably will slot back into the lineup. Uh, I thought Bemstrom had a really good game, actually. Um, both game two and game three, I thought Bemstrom was noticeable for the first time this postseason. Uh, he didn't play a lot because Tortorella, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I do think that that fourth line is really coming along, though. Uh, obviously, Eric Robertson scored that really good goal in game two to make it 3-2. It was really nice to see him get on the on the scoreboard. Like like I said, it's all coming back to the secondary scoring. Um Pierre-Luc Dubois has been, again, still noticeable. Uh, his line mates have been noticeable. Um, Tortorella is still doing that thing where everyone gets kind of all mixed up and jumbled up. So I don't actually know that Pierre-Luc Dubois has had consistent wingers since the Toronto series. Um, but, you know, he's looked good, but also the other lines are scoring and getting depth scoring is what wins games in the playoffs, like, if your top guys cool off, which, you know, it happens, they're not going to be on all series, if they cool off, which, like, Pierre-Luc Dubois has started to do, the fact that we have got guys like Eric Robinson, like, um, like Ryan Murray, uh, if Olaf Bjorkstrand gets going, you know, it takes a little bit of pressure off of guys like, uh, Dubois, gives them maybe a little bit more time, because I think if they're not scoring as much, um, other teams maybe will, like, not, not forget about them, but, like, they'll have a little bit more time and space because they won't see them as such a threat, so, you know, fingers crossed that, you know, game four is, is, I don't want it to be high scoring, because high scoring games stress me out, um, but I would like to see a little bit more offense uh, maybe we could uh, score more than three goals in this game that would be nice um i don't think either team has scored more than three goals yet in the series the other the other thing i liked out of game two i talked about it a little bit earlier is the mental kind of fortitude of the team coming out of game one um it's the same thing for uh, that came out between game three against the Leafs, and Game 5 against the Leafs. We bounced back from getting shut out. Uh, we came back from 3 nothing to win in overtime uh, in Game 3. Game 5, obviously, we had that late collapse in Game 4, and then Game 5 we came out and played, you know, a perfect game. Um, and it's the same, the same thing in Game 2. Uh, we were all worried about what was going to happen in Game 2 after they'd played you know, a stupid amount of hockey in game one. Um, I thought Tampa was going to be the fresher team. I thought they would be more more aggressive, more well-rested, uh, and we just kind of weathered the storm, if you will excuse the pun. Um, 
so I was really pleased with how with how they played in game two, and then yeah, game three. I think game three was what game two should have been. Um, I don't think we were bad. I think we were just tired. Um, so hopefully, yesterday they got plenty of rest, uh, and then today we're playing an earlier game. Uh, I believe the game's at three Eastern. So, you know, hopefully. Hopefully, good things, good things happen, uh, and we bounce back from what I think was our weakest game of the series so far. Um, uh, coming up next, uh, we're going to look at what exactly the, the Lightning are doing well, um, what they could probably do a little bit better, um, and we're going to look a little bit at Game 4 and what the Blue Jackets need to do to tie the series. Uh, remember, you can find Locked On Blue Jackets on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Jackets. You can find me on Twitter at JayTheGoalie. And you can find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts every weekday morning. The thing about the Tampa Bay Lightning is that the list of things they're good at is about as long as I am tall. So let's try to kind of break it down a little bit and look specifically at things they do that the Jackets struggle with um that they didn't seem to struggle with in uh in the series against the leafs uh so here's the thing about tampa bay especially tampa bay in this series um especially considering the leafs john cooper has i think sent out the same lines the entire game all three games um and what happens then is when you have line consistency, you get shift consistency. Guys know who they're playing with. They know where they're supposed to be. Tortorella keeps mixing things up. And like I get that he's trying to kind of like kickstart some offense and see who's going to work well together. But when you look at that versus like when you look at the Lightning, um, guys who play together the entire game are going to play better than guys who don't know who their line mate's going to be. Um especially a team like the Jackets, where I think we have a bunch of very different kinds of players. You know, we have the skill guys, we have the quote-unquote grinders, we have, you know, the filler guys. Um, If you're going to mix things up and you put, for example, um, what I've noticed is uh, the younger players seem to basically be bouncing between... Riley Nash and Pierre-Luc Dubois, who, you know, are polar opposites in terms of uh, the position that they play. And I think when you get, especially a guy like Liam Foody, who's very new to the NHL, um, he, of all people, needs, like, line consistency, which is what the Lightning are doing. Um, And I think that's why, like, everything good that the Lightning are doing is coming from that line consistency in my opinion. Um, so things like uh, their strong forecheck. The blue, the Bolts have a really good system. Uh, they are really good at retrieving the puck, um, you know, going into the corners, coming out with it, etc., etc. Um, and again, that's, that's down to if you know who is going to be where, 
it's a lot easier to know that you're the one that's supposed to go in the corners and get that out. You know where you can pass the puck because you know where your line mates are going to be. Um, and I think that's something that the Blue Jackets have struggled with all series because they just they don't know who's going to be where. Um, I've noticed a lot of missed passes in the offensive zone. Uh, there's not that kind of cycling the puck that we saw in game one, uh, sorry, in the in series one, um, or I guess, you know, the, the play in series, the qualifying round, whatever the NHL wants me to call it. And so things like that, uh, the Jackets are struggling with because, again, you know, someone comes into the corner and you don't know who's going to be where. It's, it's really tough to kind of set up any kind of cycle or system based on... Just kind of luck, I guess, or instinct, maybe. Um, like, they're doing okay, but I personally would like to see, especially um, Dubois, Texier, and Bjorkstrand, I would love to see them get a full game together, let them really kind of roll and see see how that goes. Um the other thing the Bolts are doing well is uh, they are shooting the bejesus out of the puck. I think in three games, Corpusalo has faced upwards of 150 shots and allowed eight goals, I think. No, seven goals, um, which is phenomenal and speaks to something I'm going to talk about a little bit later, which is uh, shot quality. But the fact of the matter is, like... Sometimes quantity works. If you are getting an average of 50 shots a game, then yeah, you're probably going to score more than the other person, even if, you know, you take 50 shots from the blue line. If you're taking 50 shots from the blue line and the other team is only taking, you know, 20 shots from wherever else, it's, it's you know, it's basic maths. Um, I haven't looked into the exact numbers, uh, and, I'm you know, I'm mostly going off, off of the eye test here, but... The bolts are shooting at basically wherever they can. Um, the defense in Columbus is doing a pretty good job of keeping them to the outside. Uh, I don't think they did as good a job in game three, so that's something I would want to see get better in game four. Um, but the fact of the matter is the bolts have got a lot of guys who are content to shoot the puck all day. And then when you look at guys like Kucherov, who scored 35 goals this year, and that was considered, like, a down year for him, um, which is just crazy. Uh, guys like Braden Point, who has two or three goals in the series already, um, if they get Stamkos back ever, like, he's another guy that's going to just be, he's just going to, you know, tear us apart. Something that the Bolts are not doing particularly well is kind of the inverse of that which is that they're not the defense is not allowing a lot of shots but it seems to me that the shots that they are allowing are a lot higher quality than than they should uh the blue jackets have scored more in this series than they should and i think that's due to the fact that the tampa bay defense is not built in a way that keeps shots to the outside. Um, I think they've been relying on Vasilevsky to make a lot of saves, uh, which he's done this series. I think he's been really good this series. Um, 
better than he was in the regular season. Anyway, uh, not as good as Corpusalo, but, you know, that's beside the point. Um, and so I think they're used to having a goalie that they can trust. And so there's a, a little bit of like, oh, well, if we don't make that specific hit, if we don't make that forecheck, you know, it's it's fine. Vasilevsky got it, which is... a It's not a great way to play the series, but it's working for them. Um, in game four, I would like the Jackets to basically kind of keep doing what they're doing. Um, I would like the defense to be better than it was in game three. Um, I would like more scoring from our top line. Um, I'd like to see Gus Nyquist get a goal. Um, that is that is what I would like in game four. So, uh, so far, you know, most of the guys that I have called out have, have scored a goal. Uh, so if they could do that, uh, I'm still waiting on Nick Foligno to score his goal after I called him out uh, at the start of the series. But, you know, I am a patient man. I can wait. We have at least two more games in this series and hopefully more. Coming up next, uh, we're going to look at that athletic article about Seth Jones uh, and whether he is bad, actually, question mark. So coming up later this week, uh, the return of the CBJ mailbag. Uh, if you have questions you'd like to ask about this series um, or about anything in particular, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets.gmail.com or you can uh, at me on Twitter at LO underscore bluejackets. Uh, so hopefully we'll get some, some really interesting questions. I have one already in the back burner that, that I'm very excited to answer, but, you know, Let's get a couple more in there. Um, now, let's talk about that article uh, that The Athletic put out uh, after Game 1 about Seth Jones. Um, and their argument seems to be that Seth Jones is good at offense and good at defense, but actually he's bad at hockey, which is not really how it works. Um, and there's not really a ton of, like... I went into it expecting, you know, all of this, like, hard-hitting analysis and kind of a really good look at what exactly Seth Jones is doing, but it mostly seems to just be them picking, uh, picking shifts, uploading the video, and then being like, look, he did this, and then not saying anything about that. Um... And they, the, the annoying thing is they acknowledge all of the things that Seth Jones does well. You know, he joins the rush a lot. He uh, is one of the better Blue Jackets at creating zone entries. Um, in game one, he played 65 minutes, and of the three goals that were scored, he was on the ice for... Uh, goals against, he was on the ice for none of them. So... I kind of, I get what they're trying to say um, a little bit. They talk about um, that his, like, expected goals are are low. Um, but my issue with that is mostly that the thing about defensemen is that you should not be judging them on their offensive capability. 
this is my issue with why John Carlson is probably going to win the Norris this season. Um, he's not good at defence, but because he puts up a lot of points and because uh, it looks like he's on the ice for way more goals than he allows, um, everyone's like, oh yeah, that's that's a good defenseman. Whereas um, guys like Seth Jones uh, are typically not on the ice for many goals. I think Seth Jones um, is less offensively gifted than a lot of people think um, because I think he's he is bolstered by having Zach Wierenski as his partner most of the time who is very good at offense. Um, but, you know, Seth Jones is helped by that he's helped by the fact that he's a fantastic skater so he's able to cover for a lot of the mistakes that he makes um and the other thing about Seth Jones um Alison Lucan talks about it a lot and if you know you're interested in kind of actual analysis of Blue Jack of the Blue Jackets defense uh she has got some brilliant stuff up at First Ohio Battery uh she's got some stuff up at The Athletic you know she's the go-to stats person for the Blue Jackets uh, and you know for the NHL honestly I think she's one of the best the best sports writers in the game today um, but I digress, I digress. Um, the thing about Seth Jones that Allison has talked about is that a lot of the things he does well are things that you can't really measure in stats so his numbers like his underlying numbers his advanced stats only look okay because a lot of the things that he does are not measured in them uh whereas you know i hate being like oh the eye test the eye test um but the fact of the matter is that seth jones very rarely looks bad on the ice uh and when you look at the basic numbers like you know coursey whatever his numbers are very good when you get into things like expected goals his expected goals allowed against are very low um but the problem is his expected goals for is also pretty low so when he's breaking even it looks like he's giving up as many goals as he allows as he scores or that he generates offense for if that makes sense um and so they've taken that conclusion to mean that Seth Jones is only okay at defense as opposed to Seth Jones is really really good at defense but doesn't score a lot of goals. Um, and it's just very frustrating that it seems to have been these two Leafs writers have just decided to do that instead of getting someone who actually knows the team and who is capable of taking footage like this and making actual conclusions instead of just posting a bunch of video and being like, we don't know. Um, because that was basically, basically their conclusion was... We don't know why Seth Jones is as good or as bad as he is. We just think that he's not as good as everyone says, which is not a reasonable conclusion to this article, in my opinion. Um, and I think, after that small rant, uh, that's all we have time for today. So tomorrow we're going to look at Game 4 versus the Bolts. Uh, hopefully we'll have some good news with regards to the injury list. Um, once again, you can find me on Twitter at JayTheGoalie. You can find this podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Jackets. 
Uh, if you want to get in touch or you have questions for the mailbag, you can uh, email me on lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And remember to subscribe and review on the podcast app of your choice. Um, when you're done here, uh, something I really recommend is listening to the most recent Locked on Kings, uh, where Sarah Avampato has done a really great job discussing the um, the recent Bailey incident. The mascot has been suspended for... Uh, sexual harassment and sexual assault allegations um so do be aware that the episode deals with that in detail but sarah i think does a really good job at discussing it uh in a uh a nuanced and objective way uh so you go listen to that and i will see you tomorrow